You're listening to the One of Us.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Noise returns with the latest in reviews of the hottest, most exciting Blu-rays and 4Ks coming out today. Joining me today, Chris Cox, your superstar host, is, oh my god, the amazing, the incredible, the unbelievable Wright Sulek. DJ Wright Sulek. Yeah, Digital Noise is back this week to give you all the fresh hits that just came out on Blu-ray and 4K and sometimes DVD. No, almost never DVD. Well, there is a DVD on this one. Is there? Yeah, uh, the fourth one of that series that we're about to talk about. Oh, really? Is that on the DVD? Well, you gave me a DVD and looked like shit. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so I only gave you that one because I hadn't watched the new 4K version yet. Well, that's because you're an asshole. Yeah, no, that's true. So we're not really reviewing the DVD. Just you. I don't understand why I do the show because you give me crap. You understand. But this a lot of good stuff on this week's show. Yes, there is a lot of good stuff on this week's I'm show. Let that hang. All right. Uh, no. <laughs> Look, there there is stuff and good is a part of the English language. Yes. Oh boy. No, okay. there's some good things. Yeah, I think starting off with this one, I think that there's some pretty good sure. stuff. Sure. I mean, we're starting off with what I might say is the one of the very best translations from DC's animated universe of one of DC's best like graphic novel right. series, All Star Superman, right? Which I actually have read. Yeah, it's fantastic. It is it's a fantastic story. Grant Morrison, who is sometimes one of the best people working in the business and sometimes makes some really terrible decisions. But All Star yep. Superman was one of his, like, everybody goes, okay, this is one of your best. Yeah. Like, you really, really knocked it out of the park with this very Elseworlds, like, let's take a version of Superman here that is the opposite of Grimdark. You know, we're the uh, Grant Morrison's like, I want to make the opposite of what Frank Miller was doing with Batman, with Superman. Right, right, like, right. I want to make pure good Superman, like noble sacrifice Superman here. With, with a little like twinge of, uh, like, I guess still like, uh, unease at times. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. Because this is, which he's good at. This is not a series that takes place in the primary continuity no. of the book because, you know, by the end, there's no more Superman. Which Spoiler. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of love that shit because I, I'm not a big comic fan or I'm not a big comic reader where I'm keeping up with continuity of like any major characters. And I kind of like, um, when I read this, I was like, oh, 
this is interesting. This is just a total one-off, and uh, it still captures the essence of who Superman is and all the uh, characters are involved with it, but it has an ending to it. I was like, I can really dig this, and it doesn't, it's not like, well, Superman's dead now, so bye. It's a 12-issue standalone. Right, that's it. um, That is here, only 77-minute adaptation of this thing. Which I didn't... Everything it needs to get from the original book and all the heart and the spirit of the thing. I mean, it's almost impossible to accurately uh, translate artist Frank Quitely's beautiful artwork in the book, but they they try and it's okay. Yeah. And they, I I think they do good enough because the artwork was really iconic because like that cover of uh, the the trade was like him sitting on a cloud like looking over his shoulder kind of thing it's like wow that's so interesting like they've been the dc animated uh film series directed video series have been trying gradually to adapt all the quote quote classics you know like yeah like killing joke that was a great success uh, you know what i mean right like killing joke that was a great success they they did some fuck-ups with that one no question (laughs) i i still liked it more than i didn't but they added a bunch of shit with batgirl that was badly chosen like yeah killing joke yeah (laughs) um this is unquestionably hands down their biggest success with adapting one of their okay this is the unassailable book that we're trying to do an animated version of uh it really is good it gets all of that heart just right this is like if you're like man henry cavill would have made a great superman if only they'd written a script where he was actually superman and not some weird Zack snyder grim dark fantasy right like this is that i want a new superman story that really is who superman actually is as a character and gets him right well that what they do so well what grant morrison did so well and in this too is that you immediately understand who he is and his um and his motivations not you don't you don't have to know uh too much about like you know how he got there and blah 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 but like you, they pepper that in throughout the story but um just the essence of who superman is and what he stands for and not just because like the american way it's like more about his morals with the people that he cares about and the people of earth and man it, like how he puts everyone first before him even when people and why and why and then people thinking like oh like they don't like necessarily trust because someone who is that powerful and also good at the same time it's a really hard thing to chew and it's it's a really great story to to to, you know go into and figure out there was a meme that was going around this week that i saw it said the problem with every bad superman story is that it's about what would you do if you had ultimate power every good superman story is what good would you do if you had ultimate power? Yeah. You know, yeah. like what would happen if you had ultimate power and you chose to do good things? With right. It, as opposed to, no, oh, what would I do if I had all that power? Right. You know, this is the Zack Snyder misunderstanding. Exactly. <laughs> it, no, and that's a really good point. And, uh, you know, I didn't know that this is an old movie. Uh, yeah. It's, I, this is a 4K re-release. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, what, done 2011 or 2014 or something like that? Uh, I want to say it was 2011. Yes. 2011. Yeah, like the animation is still fairly solid oh yeah uh i mean it's good there there are moments when i I was like wait this this is not now like this is not because the next one is and uh uh so it looked slightly dated but it still was really well animated and also one of the last uh uh, things that late screenwriter Dwayne mcduffie did before he died uh yeah he died before this even the original one came out in 2011 no shit but yeah uh with even grant morrison saluting him going who had wrote the original book going this is exactly what i wanted this to be yeah, yeah. it's uh it's a great exploration about you know 
do we want to talk about sort of the plot, but like basically Superman yeah, he, finds out <laughs> right from the beginning, like a Lex Luthor plot ends up with him getting fatally poisoned by the sun. Like, you know, cause his whole powers come from the sun, but yeah. he gets where it's an overdose of solar radiation. He's stronger than he's ever been. He's tweaking out, but he is, go- he comes to understand that this is going to kill him. And yeah. he has a, he has a clock ticking. Yeah. And it's weird that it's, it's a series of, events that happen that are like not directly connected to that first event that he's having to deal with because superman there's always some shit popping up with superman's life right right but that in some way because of what's happened it's always it's the current underneath that makes those events like connected uh, important well sure uh, emotionally important yeah and it it was written that way too originally like little vignettes and but they all were still like have this underlying plot like oh wait he's dying yeah. And um and you get a lot more Clark Kent in this. Yeah, uh, which is great. And it's you know, this is one of those with him going telling Lois that I'm Superman. Yeah. You know, going yeah. like, look, this is I know I love her. It's time to do this. And like I think Babe, I love you. wonderful By the way, I'm thing of die. going, I have a present for you. I've I have the serum that will give you my powers for twenty four hours. <laughs> right. So you get to see what it's like to be me, which I'm just like I'd date Superman if that was, I knew that was coming. <laughs> hey, I'd S that D all day, every day. <laughs> Superman, that dick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's emotionally touching. Uh, it's smart. It's well-written. Yeah. It's well-animated. This is one of the finest things that the DC uh, animated director video series has produced. And I'm so, I was so happy to see them decide, Oh yeah, we're going to go ahead and release this on 4k. Yeah. I, I did not know that they did this to begin with. So like having this uh, and getting to watch this on 4k, like in the best quality possible. Like I, I, I remember this story when I first got into comics years ago and finally understanding what Superman was all about. It was like, I thought that was like a fantastic introduction. It's a great introduction. And I I really love that they did this justice yeah. and like every character is great even like Lex Luthor Lex Lex Luthor's uh like arc as well is oh, like Oh, it has a fantastic arc. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, it's what makes the ending meaningful. Right. You know, yeah. Superman's death is not meaningful in this without Lex Luthor's arc. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And uh and just a lot of the um I don't know, just the the different, that's what was so cool about Grant uh, Morrison doing is like, oh, I'm just going to kind of make up a few other things. He's like, oh, he turns into stars, whatever. He ties in all these things from the the mythos that are cool, like the the bottle city of Candor and stuff like Uh that. I mean, really, it really is fantastic. And they actually did add some new good extras for the 4K version of this. Uh, There's an eight minute... All star, an all star adaptation with the director, the composer, uh, producer Bruce Tim, of course, is one of the DC animation superstars ever, and character designer Dusty Abel, who talk about adapting this. And then an all star salute to the Silver Age for seven minutes, which is the, the, those same people returning for general tribute for Silver Age Superman comic books, which is, this was definitely influenced by for sure. But all the original uh, extras return as well from the previous release. So this is one of those, if you don't already have this, this is the one to get and well worth owning. Like if, oh, like yeah. if you're going to go, I just want the best animated superhero stuff ever. This is one that you should have. Yeah. It's a great one off and it explains Superman's story front to back brilliantly now on the other side of that is the other dc animated and we're gonna skip that and uh, (laughs) let's go to the next movie justice league 
uh, what was it? Justice League X R W B Y because that's how it's titled. No, Justice it's, League it's X Jex, Justice League times Ruby. Okay, superheroes and Huntsman Part One. Part One. Spoiler. Yeah. I swear to fucking God, if you give me part two, I'm quitting this goddamn show. Oh, you're definitely getting part two. God damn it. Well, you have to. I can't give part two to John when you... I, I, I would love that. to hear what John has to say about this okay. bullshit. Look, I don't understand the popularity of Ruby. I don't know. It's, it's a... And I, I mean no offense towards local... May I mean offense? Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean no offense towards the company that puts it out, Rooster Teeth, local Austin uh, sure, company. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I know they've had their issues with they've had a lot of issues stuff, but yeah. there are people who there who started that company who have not had issues that are really good people, and I like them. And I'm assuming and, they made yeah. evidently the uh, biggest anime show of dude, all time. When I, when I the first time in my life I ever Wikipedia Ruby, I was like, okay, sure. I had watched, I think, the first three episodes because when they first put it out, they sent me a disc of it. And I watched it. I was like, this is not for me. And no, we, I don't think we even reviewed it. I was like, this is just not my thing. No, it's just not my thing. No. Uh, and, and is this your thing? No, it's not my thing. Uh, exactly. If because this been, movie, it, why if, does this exist? If it had been weighed more heavily on justice league side, I might've yeah. been more for I guess. I don't know. But it's like, it's not, it's like Ruby featuring justice league. It's weird. I don't get it. I don't understand what's I going on. I don't understand why Warner brothers is teaming up with rooster teeth on this thing. I mean, like there's just, I, I'm a little shocked by, it. I was like, wow, you have a lot of pull rooster teeth to get DC. Dude, look at their Wikipedia page. They have, there's so much Ruby. There's so much. There's uh, like, and you know, what's sad is that DC probably went to them like, Hey, can we be on one of your she- TV I shows? Mean, it's Warner Brothers right now, man. I don't know what, no one knows what's going on with look, them. I'm which watching, is why they've been re-releasing the f- stuff like All-Star Superman when they're like, Oh, that was back when it was good. Look, w, uh, WB is on Max now, not HBO Max because that's for fools. It's all Max. <laughs> and Extreme Sisters is on that goddamn channel. Oh my God, channel. no, we're and, not going to have Oh, this, I would love to talk about that all day, every day. Not. But this was confounding. I don't understand. I I, I I don't even understand what happened. I have it. literally no idea what happened. Yeah. Uh, they like the Justice League for some reason are put on this planet where these people are that are half animal, half anime characters. I guess. And they I don't know are for some happened. reason younger. And uh, yeah, the Justice League. Is. The Justice yeah, League. Yeah, is, yeah. For some reason they come back younger and with different power sets and they're like different power sets or they have to relearn their power sets yeah. or some I mean, stupid thing like thing that i liked at all was that batman actually had batman bat wings and he's like has to learn how to fly with bat wings you know and i was what? like i kind of like that sequence of it I-, I must admit i did not no i i kind of <laughs> like that i was like okay but even so there's still like this is supposed to be an older Bruce Wayne doing this, and I get that he's in a teenager's body, but then he's acting like a fucking teenager, and I'm like, I don't think hormones alone would be enough for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I, I, sure, I just I didn't care for the story, and I di- I didn't I didn't care. I didn't. And it's care a bunch when... of like you're both trapped in a VR simulation. I'm like, oh my god, shut the fuck up, uh, dude. It, like it was, man. I, I was and to have it end at a to be continued. I'm like, you know, oh, that was like. Fuck you. Like, you I'm not going wa- to. You don't have to. Oh, thank God. It's fine. You don't have to continue. Oh, no, you do. Oh, God damn it. I meant one oh, You motherfuckers. I recommend this movie. Watch this so you can watch the fucking part two. I'm not going to go through this alone. I thought this was bad. It was not good. Yeah. It didn't even look good. No, I don't like the animation style. No. Uh, is that what Ruby is supposed to be? I don't know. It's like it's like shell shaded anime, and but it, not, it, it looks cheaply done. And also like... 
all the the Justice League characters, uh, I just, man, I don't know. They didn't look that good, and I didn't understand like they were making up their own mythos of like, yeah, Bruce Wayne had bat wings. Now I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like Kingdom Hearts stuff, where like we're just gonna keep being the same generic looking guys over and over and over again throughout Mm -hmm. this whole fucking thing, Mm -hmm. and it leads up to like a a a twist. Oh, one of us is not who they seem, and I'm like, uh huh, we know. Can I tell who it is? No, don't tell. Oh man, I would love to tell. Yeah, I, I. I would just I did not care for this at all. I think it was a huge misstep. What are you guys thinking? Um, we're gonna get past this one fast here. Thank Christ to say like goodbye. Uh, there is a seven and a half minute Justice League comes to Remnant, which is the name of their the, the world where the Ruby people Who live. Cares? Uh, behind the scenes <laughs> featurette. Uh, you look different. Nine minutes. Uh, same people there oh, talking about the visual it's, story side. It's just, it's just nine minutes of them saying like you don't look the same. And then there's one and a half vintage Justice League animated episodes. Remember when this was good? One from uh, episode five of Justice League Unlimited season one, which, by the way, if you've never seen Justice League Unlimited, it's it's great. Fucking fantastic. It's great. It's uh, a thousand miles better than this. And then one from uh, Plastic Man Saves the World episode 17 from Justice League Action, which I have not watched. So I don't know what that is. I don't know. Have you ever did you ever read um, Animal Man? Yeah, of course. Man. Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Yeah, the same right. guy who wrote uh, right, Star right. Superman. Let's talk about that. I, I own, I own this. the graphic novels of that whole run. I love Animal Man. Animal Man's fantastic. It's so good. I mean, it's a terrible name. But, but it, 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 works. Pre- it existed before Grant Morrison. He's right. like one of those guys like like who was coming in as a young 20 something. You're like, here's this list of characters we don't give a fuck about. Right. What, which would you like? To, I mean, the same shit happened with Neil Gaiman. Right. Exactly. Like, with Sandman. With the Sandman. Yeah. They're like, well, here's characters we don't give a fuck that's, about. Do that's, whatever you want. Yeah. Give uh, these like gnarly writers like some <laughs> off character and they'll make it like the best thing you've ever read in your entire life. Exactly. Also, don't watch this movie. Bye. It's not good. No. All right. So we're going to move on to live action films. We're going to 1977's, not 1960s, Black Sunday. Because yeah. there's a really great Mario Bava film from 1960 right. called Black Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like Italian, like pre-Giallo stuff, uh, proto-Giallo. Um, 1977 is master director John Frankenheimer, mm-hmm. who's made some of the best movies ever made. I just rewatched literally yesterday uh, 4K of his incredible masterpiece the manchurian candidate like it's, oh, it's nice. a next yeah. to perfect film i've never seen that it's version. fucking fantastic i thought jonathan demi's was <laughs> no you didn't no. <laughs> no actually jonathan demi's is not terrible it's not terrible but it's just kind of no, frankenheimer's is fantastic and like like i'd say what's frankenheimer's best film it's either that seconds or ronin and sorry ronin. sorry about sorry to fans of the french connection that's also a good movie but it's not in the top he three. didn't do french connection wasn't that Frankenheimer? That's freaking. Oh, you're right. That's William Friedkin. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah Jesus. Right. So Christ. not sorry to France. Fuck you, fans. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Christ. What am I doing this show anyway, for? Black Arr. Sunday was an adaptation by the writer Richard uh, or Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris by the yes. writer of uh, Silence of the Lambs series. And there's a ton of Hamlet Lecter in this movie. It's crazy. Wait, what? No, no there's I'm not. It should be cooler if there was. It, no, it, it's the only uh, book that he wrote that did not have Hannibal Lecter in it. Wait, is that true? I think it is. I read that and I was like, I'm going to take that. I don't think that's true. The, the podcast. Let me see. No, he had another book called Kari Mora that came out in 2019 that is... Uh, Oh, Hannibal Lecter? Does not feature Hannibal Lecter, yes. But that's the only other one. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't even know he was alive. (laughs) I had no idea either. Uh, This was, man. It's produced by legendary producer Bob Evans, 
Like, yep. Hey, I'm Robert Evans. Well, who was the band who did the whole thing? Like uh, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, have you I'm ever, Robert Evans. Have you, ever, a... have you ever gone down on a drunk Diane Keaton uh, hot tub filled <laughs> with apple juice? <laughs> oh, that's Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, her pussy tastes like sweet apple juice. <laughs> uh, his original book was actually well received in 1978. It won the Edgar Allan Poe Award. Uh, a lot of big names came in to write the screenplay. Ernest Lerman, Kenneth Ross, and Ivan Moffat, uh, who had, uh, Moffat, uh, Ross had previously written Day of the Jackal, which was a huge mm-hmm. deal when it came out. Uh, this was influenced by the Munich Massacre uh, uh, that was done by the Black September Organization against Israeli a- a- athletes at the 1972 Summer Olympics, which right. was a huge political thing. Which so was Munich, if you guys this, are wanting to yeah, have a which more is recent the, thing. M- Munich is the better film of the two. Let's just be clear. Yes. Yeah, th- this is slightly meandering. Well, the biggest problem with this film is that it's way, 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 way too long. It's 143 minutes. Dude, and I... It, I watched right. this on Sunday and um and it is like Monday now. And I watched this and I was like halfway through, I was like, Jesus Christ, there's another hour of this fucking movie? It fucking drags. And it's a shame because a lot of it is incredibly well shot. Oh my god. There's some great stars in this. Like the last like thirty minutes is thrilling shit. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I just it, wanted to get like there. It goes crazy in the last thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like, oh my god, but it takes it's a long road to get there. And thank Man. God it's Robert Shaw from Jaws oh. playing the lead a Mossad agent who's come over like like looking for like suspecting there's some sort of plot going on here to like kill a bunch of people and he's Robert, I mean, he's always going to be Quint from Jaws to me, right? You know, he's always going to be that. I mean, that's his most iconic role. No, no, totally. But he's kind of chewing up the scenery here as well. And he's... It's it's slightly understated. Yeah. Until he gets like a little batty. Yeah. And towards the end, he's like... And and he's doing his best Russian accent. And it is is, uh, not good. And you've got Bruce Dern as not a Manchurian candidate, mind you. You know, to reference another Frankenheimer film. Right, right. One who is being... Who has been a, a disgruntled war veteran who has been manipulated by uh agents yes and that was really interesting because the story is really following bruce dern and uh what's her face uh Ilya or whatever her name is um that she is a part of the black yeah. september group and courses mm-hmm. this like as you said this this uh disgruntled pow uh survivor uh bruce dern into well killing everyone at super bowl 10 and it's a really interesting. Well, yeah, it was Super Bowl ten, Super Bowl X in nineteen seventy something. That's what the movie said. Okay, it feels like there's more Super Bowls than no, there's than not seventies. Really? Yeah, it's seventies. Where that was like fucking forty years ago. Chris Carbleson did that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, so Super Bowl ten, um, the year of our Lord. Uh, <laughs> not my Lord. <laughs> but it's it was a really interesting choice to follow Bruce Stern and what's her face um, uh, as basically the main characters. Where in an odd way, Robert Shaw is actually the antagonist, even though he is the good guy until the third act, where it turns it around. Yeah, it's like you're following the bad guys more than. The, but the problem is, like I said, it just takes too long to get Man, to wherever where it wants to go. It is you, you think and, like as a as an epic as this is in a lot of ways, it's like. It feels like the fugitive, but it's like, yeah, but you know, the star power between Bruce Dern and Robert Shaw, like, I get it. Thing is, though, they're not as hammy as you think. And also, there's a lot of downtime. I mean, the book was a huge bestseller, it way predated 
his uh, Hannibal Lecter films or uh, books in mm. 1975. Um, you know, his first a Hannibal Lecter book was Red Dragon in 1981. Mm-hmm. It was a big bestseller. The guy takes a while to write books. I don't tell you. Um, He's reading from the George R. R. Martin the, book. Frank and I actually got like, I mean, this is unheard of. He got both Goodyear. Yeah. Who the, the I, big thing centers around a Goodyear blimp as a yeah. centerpiece and the NFL. The, the NFL to be all in in making this film the, because they literally filmed it scenes of it during a Super Bowl. This this is a really rare, uh, odd like lightning in a bottle kind of movie where if you just kind of, I don't think it's a bad movie. You just kind of have to trudge your way through the runtime. Yeah. But to see the spectacle of it all, it's where like you know when you see Dark Knight Rises and you see the you know the it's it, it, they filmed it in Philadelphia and at the the stadium there. And it's like wow, they got a lot of people there and all this kind of shit. It's like that, but times ten. And you're like, holy shit, they actually did some of these things. Now, granted, the way that they edited it and shot it, they did a pretty good job of, you know, not actually crashing a goddamn blimp into the, the, the stadium, but, uh, they had, they filmed it during a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, and it was the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe this is fucking happening. And Robert Shaw's on the sidelines, just like on the phone, like, no, you're fucking telling me. <laughs> and, uh, like yelling at Thomas lungs and like, this is crazy and they get how Shaw doing crazy action sequences jesus christ the end is yeah. insane yeah. and like that's where like the the movie really like it stepped up, up. Yeah. it steps up and you're like and it's it's i was thinking about this is that there's there's a handful of times where uh i i watch a movie i'm like oh man this is kind of boring but then the end happens like okay that was kind of worth this it grab me this yeah this, me this, back this pulled me back in and this yeah. is kind of worth the whole thing and i thought this is one of those movies and, um, now granted, I cannot tell you what the first hour and 45 minutes happened in this movie. Uh, there's a lot of people died or something. I don't know. And, um, there's a black Sunday or something. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, the performances are great. Everyone taking this super seriously. And, um, it's an interesting story where it's a, you know, it's about the, the America's relationship with Israel and Palestine and like, you know, you know, uh, you know, there's a bunch of hurricanes over there, so you don't know exactly what's happening. Mm. And uh, I, I just wanted to say that to see what you would do, and you just you didn't even listen to what I. No, nope, wasn't even paying attention to you. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who the the person is. They have that did the commentary for this, Josh Nelson. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Uh, I assume it's this critic online who's uh, uh, Josh Nelson, who says doctor of film, writer in hiding, recovering critic, commentator for hire. I assume that's who that is. Oh. But he did the commentary for this. Right. There's a, a visual essay by. By somebody else I don't know, Sergio Angelini, about the film for 30 minutes. And there's actually the best reason to have this is an hour, almost hour long. The directors, John Frankenheimer, a series that Arrow has done, Zero release, uh, about like famous directors they've got. Yeah. That is from 2003, but it's a great overview of his work. And Frankenheimer directed, Frankenheimer directed films deserve their own full, full length documentary that's treated properly. Cause Frankenheimer has yeah. done a lot of really important, really influential stuff. And I'm surprised. I mean, nothing against Arrow by any means, but I'm kind of surprised that it's on Arrow and not Criterion. Cause this seems like one of those boring ass movies that Criterion will put out at some point. Really? Are you just saying that right now on this podcast that Criterion sends us free stuff for? Look, I love Criterion, <laughs> but there's sometimes just like, yeah, this seems like one of those prestige movies that you would put on Criterion. But I'm actually quite thankful that Arrow got it because like it's still like it's Arrow has become <sighs> Arrow has become 
like in many ways the biggest competitor for Criterion. Totally. Like and 100%. Yeah, because it, it, it's... Especially it's, in terms of physical stuff that comes with their releases because when they put them yeah. out, they're packed with more stuff than Criterion puts out. That's true. And also, they have those nice cardboard releases they do. that shoved in with like posters and all sorts of stuff. I mean, their Arrow's got their physical release stuff going like really, prob- I would say tighter than Criterion does. And uh, the... the um, Anyway, I was just gonna say it's like I, I'm I'm a little surprised that they have it, and because um, I could see how in the day and and appreciating what the movie is like, this is more of a prestige film. Um, it's just like man, it it takes a minute to kind of kick in. I think it's always been regarded as a flawed film, though. Oh, really? And Criterion rarely puts out films that are regarded as a flawed film. <laughs> Like they put out films that like whether or not they they stand the test of time were at least in their period released thought of as like, wow, this is important film. Sure. You know, and I think that Black Sunday has always been thought of like a bit of a disappointment, all things considered. Hmm. I, I've always wanted to watch it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's actually my second time seeing this one. Oh, really? Uh, years ago, I, I got uh, sent a, a review copy of it uh, in uh, either Blu-ray or DVD. It's like, would I, you like to be bored again? Same reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. Like, yeah. There's parts about it that you go, this is a really fascinating piece based on all the stuff around it. It's got a great third act, but... Yeah, it needs to. There needs to be a fan cut. <laughs> yeah, cut this down like to an hour and a half. Come on now. All right, we're gonna go to modern day stuff. Twenty twenty three's film Unwelcome. That oh at gosh. some point, uh, excuse me, that was great, not me. By the way, I just wanted to be clear on that. It was gonna be actually a a, a a screener squad release, but then we never could get a screener of it because they were like, "Is it airing anywhere? Are we doing it?" Hmm. They just sent. You know what? It's just out on Blu ray. I think it's on Shutter. I think, you know, it is on Shutter because Eric just watched it because okay. I, I told him about it and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's kind of. Oh, this is totally Eric, his co-host on his. Uh, on on Trash of the Can. Trash of the Can. On one of us done it. Totally an Eric film if there ever was one. Yeah. Because uh, lots of puppetry and, you well, know. Practical effects, actually, and more makeup than anything else. Not yeah. puppetry. And like, I read a lot about, like, the making of this movie yeah. uh, afterward. I was like, this is an interesting film. I don't think it's that great. I wish it for, was better. Yeah. I wish it was better, mainly because, uh, you know, if someone knew how to light uh, anything correctly and not make it look like goddamn Wizard of Oz, um, it would have been a lot better. And I mean, uh, there's, it's okay. No, it's okay. It's just, again... The light, you must have noticed this. And I read a lot of comments on like IMDb and a couple other places. Like, they were like, what the fuck is going on with the lighting? It's like there's this garish light coming from like the backdrop. You're right. right. Yeah. It's really weird. But I, I always find that when there's a movie about the Fae, which say fairies or any related fairy thing, Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, okay, it's hard to get this right. And I'm waiting for someone to do the definitive Fae film. Sure. Cause they're scary. The Fae are very scary. When you really get into the mythology of it all, you're like, these are really, this is a frightening mythology, but it feels like people haven't quite gotten figured out how to do it. And this is a step forward for that. It's definitely a step forward. Yeah. Um, but it definitely feels like a step forward that sidesteps into like, you know, ghoulies. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's full moon territory. It's um okay. It's about a. I think it has a very strong start, uh, where this uh, this newlywed couple 
who are, I think they're trying to get pregnant or something like that. Anyway, the guy is a little bit, um, yeah, she is pregnant. She is yeah. pregnant at that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the husband is like, Oh my God, we just found out we're pregnant. I will get some like non-alcoholic, uh, Prosecco from downstairs and they live in England. And, um, he gets accosted by some, uh, hoodlums yeah. and, uh, and they break in and they nearly kill them both. And it's like a huge, terrible situation. And it's really like, tense and really upsetting yeah. and i was like what the fuck did chris give me it's like more what? hardcore than the whole rest of the film put together right yeah. and then the guy's aunt dies and they inherit her house in the middle of ireland yeah and uh, they go there and then they meet a lot of yokels and uh and they <laughs> got to fix up the house and they hired this like basically the rednecks of ireland to fix their house up and it's this father who's played by cole meany yeah and uh and his three for one of the first times in a while that his last name seems appropriate because he is a meanie he's a bad bad guy he's got like a bad family they're bad kids they're rednecks they're and they got like a you know mentally disabled huge hordor yeah yeah they got their own hordor who's Uh, played by the guy who played hordor yeah Uh, and and (laughs) meanwhile you've got like this, you know, kindly neighbor that's helping them move in, uh, played by Neam Cusack, uh, which I don't know if it's really, I assume they're not related to the other Cusack, but I don't know. Um, who's like, oh, they're well, not all will you just do me this favor? Cause your aunt used to do this thing. Cause she believed in the red caps and the fairies of the woods, mm-hmm. which are like goblins for Americans. No, they're leprechauns. Yeah. Basically, the, no, the they're real. Not, they're not leprechauns. They're not leprechauns. Difference, but... difference, not leprechauns. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Sorry. The red caps. Very different whatever. than leprechauns. I don't really care. I'm just saying it's different. I've looked into this i'm very familiar with the irish fae and the red caps are like they're got they're more goblins and yeah the idea is like most fae it's like do them a favor they'll do you a favor but be careful about those favors and the arrangement that you make with them type it's of thing. sneaky and they also like babies and they love babies <laughs> and there's a lot of talk like, well, maybe there was a thing that happened with your mom where, where she did a thing with the baby thing. Her, his the, aunt. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe the he she offered uh, something to yeah. get pregnant. But then they're like, well, we want the baby. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Charming. Yeah. OK. How rustic and, and lame. But like it, after, you know, they're like just leave like fucking some raw meat out by this one gate that's out here and you'll be fine. Just she wanted you to do this. Just do it. And of course, they're like, ha ha ha. Yeah, sure. We'll do it. We're not going to do that. Uh, but as things start to go along, they start to actually believe in the existence of these things and realize that the bigger threat is these rednecks rednecks yeah and maybe we'll kind of make a deal with these goblin things which obviously is going to have its own side effects but honestly this is my favorite part of the film the third act not in the way i saw coming at all i did not either i was like well that was cool i thought it was pretty cool (laughs) i i enjoyed it uh enough i I, again Uh, it was enough to save a film that was like going through expected channels and right. you know it was going through kind of a straw dog sort of thing but in a lame yeah somewhat lame predictable way what i what uh, i liked about it was the sense of humor because the guy who made this did grabbers this great irish film oh, i love grabbers yeah, sure. grabbers grabbers yeah. great and um so i was expecting there to be some humor in it and um it's just the way that it again i the biggest doc on this movie is the um of points is is the filming is the lighting it's like it's like kind of horseshit it's really weird i didn't even notice oh man i noticed like it was I, it took me out of the movie it's okay. very strange and because again it looks like it's built it's shot on a set the entire time I mean, and it's probably because they're dealing with practical work and 
too much lighting. Well, that, and so I read a lot, a lot more about um, how they did the, the red caps when they actually do show up and they are uh, regular sized people, Mm -hmm. not even uh, little people uh, that are in masks and they have like, perspective shots they're all forced perspective it's like wow this is really well done because it is kind of seamless yeah and uh but it's just like anytime they're outside it's like why is there an led lamp in the middle like where the sun is like what the fuck is going on and uh it's just it's odd it's an odd stylistic choice but the rest of it like it it's it's fine and then the last like third of the movie when like finally get some gore i was like whoa this is fucking crazy Uh, i had fun with this ultimately i think um i think people really love practical effects work with like you know little monsters and what Mm -hmm. and go like hey we haven't seen one of these in a while Mm -hmm. uh and this is kind of fun on that level yeah definitely the last like 30 minutes i'm like you'll you'll be glad that you watched this there's a lot of like this didn't work the way you wanted it to emotionally but I think in the end, you're like, if you're, if this is your cup of tea, if it sounds like your cup of tea, it probably yeah. will be. Yeah. Yeah. I would um, agree. There's a 12, uh, almost 13 minute uh, behind the scenes look. There's making the red caps. It literally says here, red caps. So I'm just being clear here. It's red caps, right? Not leprechauns. But the, didn't very they joke different. about very the, the different. leprechauns? Yeah, because they're stupid, like ain't British people who don't understand the difference. They're fucking leprechauns. That was the whole point. They're yeah, not leprechauns. Leprechaun. They're, they're man, cool. if you want to like start some shit with the red caps and leprechauns right now in your house, then you go ahead. Well, I'm... evidently, they're not that hard to beat because <laughs> there was a few times when they humanized the red caps. It's like, this is an interesting choice. Uh, the, it actually, that's the most interesting thing is they don't remain this totally unknowable enemy. Well, the, they the, actually the, become the, the, a, like a defined thing well, with a mythology. Yeah. You know? And also they're not immortal. Like they just like, like, oh shit, you just blew their brains out. Well, yeah. That's always been the case with Faye. Yeah. yeah. You well, can just kill like, the Faye. You can kill the Faye. Yeah. The problem is there's always a lot more Faye. Well, <laughs> they're like gotta... zombies. You're like, oh, I killed a zombie. I won. You're like, no, you didn't. Not all of them. Yeah. Not, not all, all of them. them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. We're going to continue to talk about horror films, except we're going a little bit back here. 1999. 1999. It was a great year for me. Maybe not so much for the makers of Lover's Lane. Why was it a great year for you and not them? Uh, because I was partying, I was working at a cool bar, like lots of girls. You just like turned me. 65, so, <laughs> retirement year. 65. <laughs> uh This is in the wake of Scream, most certainly. And uh, I, I feel more even like, way. yeah, I feel more like a, I still know what you did last summer kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's certainly in the wake of that, but very, very low budget by uh director, John Stephen Warden, who never did anything else of note. Um, the only real reason to notice this film at all is that Anna Ferris, it's her first feature film role. Yeah. Um, you know, and I love Anna Ferris. She's great. Yeah, she's fantastic. She just doesn't have a hell of a lot interesting to do in this film. They didn't realize that they had a real star among them, so she's just another cast member. She is, and she she has some funny stuff here and there, and you know, that's about it. I mean, it's based on you know, literally the first horror story I think I was ever told as a kid around the campfire at summer camp. Oh yeah, the the, the escape mental patient with a hook. Yeah. You know, who, yeah. you know, the, the story I was told was always like, oh, there's a couple making out in a car at Lover's Lane and to hear the news story on the radio, like, oh, the escape mental patient with the hook escaped and uh, used to kill people. And they're like, oh, okay. And she's like, I'm getting scared. Let's go. And, and so they roll up their windows and go and they get home and he's going around the car to let her out, which is the thing guys used to do. And um, <laughs> there's there in the window is a hook. 
Like, oh my God. Except here, that's the beginning of the movie and they both die. <laughs> that's about it. And yeah. uh, next movie is... No, uh, no, no it keeps going. Uh, so, <laughs> it's the, the killer from this was actually caught originally and... Uh, Anyway, and there's some weird thing with this psychiatrist. We don't remember this, do we? I know. I'm having trouble. I'm going through the, the, the page here going like, wait, what happened here? Because this is not a very interesting film. I mean, Arrow put this out. I get it. Arrow likes to put out like those missing slashers. And I get it. I appreciate that. Sometimes, every once in a while, you're like, oh, this actually was pretty good. This is not one of those. This is was. no Black Sunday. Um, <laughs> well, that's not one of the missing slashers. I'm referring specifically, we reviewed a few of them. We were like, this is better than I thought it was going to be. No, sure, that. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is like an admirable effort uh, for what it was. Because like, it, you know what it felt? It feels like? It feels like that disturbing behavior movie because the music mainly. Yeah. And uh, it's like, okay. 1999, baby. 1999, baby. And uh, this is like, I was like 14, 15. The difference being they didn't have the rights to actual music that anybody cared about in here is where disturbing like, behavior actually was put up by a major studio. So. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you're gonna love me. It's like all that, like, you know, crap, like rap, jock rock crap. And uh, I wasn't listening to any of that at the time. I wasn't listening to it, but like, it, it, it was like that, like in the background of like, they're going into the party and they're just like, you going so, to burn that's you in 1999. Me in 1999 is like, God, of my voices, Yola Tango. These bands are great. <laughs> I, I wish I knew some of those bands. It's like, why does Limp Biscuit exist? I hate this, please. Yeah, it was like, I remember at one point going, well, after they were popular, there's a band called Limp Biscuit. That's a terrible name. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're big. They also, uh, he directed uh, The Fanatic. You can listen on episode 59 of Trash in the Can, only on one of us.net. Always trying to market. I get it. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's just a typical slasher is what you got here. Um, the gore is just okay. It's nothing special. Uh, like now, that's what's unfortunate. It's like they didn't go full force with it. And it, it feels like if that was the thing they were going, it's a lower budget film. It's not even a studio film. No. And you're just like, why don't you just like go all in and like make it super gory? And it's not. It's really just kind of forgettable teens being slashed by a, a guy with a hook for a hand killer that literally everything is exactly what it seems like. Like it's yeah. one of those like it sets up like, oh, there's a mystery. There's not really there is a post-credit scene that goes oh but maybe there's another killer but there's never going to be a really single lover's lane oh, i didn't watch that part. yeah there's a post-credit scene i don't know yeah, I not post post-credits but you know what i mean oh yeah. uh maybe i did i don't remember this because i watched it a few three four five six weeks ago and yeah. so i just know that anna ferris is in it and that's about it that's about it yeah. i mean I, it's it's a uh, well you got sarah lancaster's in this who was in uh played rachel and saved by the bell the new class she was hot even I knew she was. Because I was like, who's that? She's hot. I'm going to let that sit for a while. Okay. All right. Fair enough. There, there are a you got few... Riley Smith, who was in 24, Joan of Arcadia, 90210, True Blood, and The Messengers. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there there are a few moments that are kind of like, oh, that's interesting and fun. But like, it's very far a few between. And it's just not a good slasher. Sarah Lancaster gets nude in this, but it's not really her. It's actually a stripper. They hired. The, the yeah, I, know. I, I read about that. Were you, oh, I see. So you knew exactly what I was talking about. Look, 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 look <laughs> you were like trying to play look, it off. Like, I don't know. What's going look, on look, I didn't immediately pause the scene, <laughs> create tracking lines. If it had been a VHS. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Let's watch this never lane again. <laughs> no, I, it's just, it's not that interesting. It's uh, it's very forgettable. And but it does show that Anna Ferris had like that kind of star power since the get go. And it's like, why didn't you use her more? She's easily 
easily the most accessible character here where you're like even though they don't give her much to do like every and her scene character's she's in, odd like you just like wait what wait like why is she every this scene character? she's in you're like why isn't she doing more interesting stuff here than she yeah, is? yeah exactly yeah and not just because we know she's in affairs and she's going to go on to bigger and better things but yeah yeah i'm okay it, this one's a pass uh there's audio commentary <laughs> with the writer producers there's screaming teens the legacy of lovers lane which is about 31 minutes long Ugh. interviews with everyone a lot of people involved uh, oh shockingly anna ferris is not involved with this uh shocking i'm just shocked quite frankly shocked. That she did not show up i can't believe this. she didn't do that she right. probably was like huh what movie let's go on to what is almost certainly uh wright's favorite movie of the set Calamity su- of Snakes. I'm going to surprise you. Really? Incorrect. No? No. I, you were so looking forward to this. I was looking forward to this, and I loathed it. It's not great. No, it's bad. I'm still keeping it, though. F- fine. Uh, but cool. I don't... I, all right, so this is the movie... <laughs> god damn it i look you pitched this to me it's like oh this is a crazy movie where it's a martial artist kind of movie but also at the same time there are snakes and they're actually killing snakes it's like huh and then i look i was like about to turn it on the other day to watch it and i was like okay so there's like the the mandarin which version did i watch the fucking uncut yeah yeah me too yeah Yeah. and i was kind of like appalled because this presents a cruelty free version which had to be hard right because i I don't know how they did that half this film is real snakes and there's thousands and thousands of real and not just like 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 garden snakes like actual cobras and shit yeah, that are to being quote, to quote fucking Indiana Jones real quick snakes why did that to be snakes that are being chopped apart graphically on screen like it's fucked up and they are murdering so many snakes on this. it's kind of fucked up they're right? giving cannibal holocaust a run for their money like I was a little shocked but like there's a there's a sequence that the movie is uh dumb as fuck uh where basically they're <laughs> These people are at a construction site. They're trying to do something. And then they uncover this uh, pit where there's a shit ton of snakes. For, why would you dig up? You're literally digging a hole. And like, why are there like 3000 snakes? It doesn't fucking hole? matter. Doesn't anyway, matter. they get like a Tonka. Uh, I don't know what the thing is. Like the what's the, the machine that uh, gets a gravel and shit. Um, I, I think you've described it well enough. I a, don't tonka, know a Tonka. A Tonka truck. That's the name of the children's version. Of <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so they get a Tonka and the thing is that like they all like all the guys are freaking out and like they're using shovels and rakes to like just eviscerate these snakes that are yeah. on the ground. And it's super extended. It's, scene. Yeah, it's insane. And then they use the Tonka to then just destroy the pit of snakes and they're all real snakes and you get to see all the blood it's and horrifying it's horrifying yeah. and like so the Which thing is, is a though, shame because i think that if that wasn't the case i might have actually enjoyed this more incorrect no uh, i'm sorry because like the premise of like this oh, is jaws the revenge killed all these snakes on this place where you're building a housing development that's gonna be a high super high end housing development yeah. but now it's cursed because i don't know god of snakes or some shit I don't know. uh and like and the snakes will come back for revenge and it's super corny and ridiculous. And plus, there's a master king anaconda that can do martial arts. Yes. Uh, look. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, that is kind of awesome. No. But. Uh, in, a, in a way, should appreciate it sort of I way. I should have, but I found it incredibly boring. 
Okay. And uh, and I like it was basically Jaws the Revenge. Like the shark is actually trying to get revenge on the family, and so these snakes are trying to get revenge on the people. Yeah. And it's like, are you really this? Okay, whatever. I mean, it's it pretty brutally graphic at points, even with the above and beyond the real death of all these snakes, right. of, like the killing of these people. Once it starts, I mean, it didn't take long for the, it to really start going because I'm surprised you find it boring. I didn't find it boring. Like I, people start dying almost right off the bat. No, and the, the they people start dying. Going. It's just like the time like when i kind of understood what the movie's supposed to be then i was like anytime that people were just like so what do you think like just about the development blah 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 like just all the dialogue between the humans it was like i fucking hate this this is terrible because <laughs> then the all last terrible people the yeah. last 20 minutes yeah there's also no one to root for us yeah. seemingly and uh and like the last 20 minutes is so goddamn bonkers it's just like wait so everyone is in a house or something like that and the development and they're all getting attacked by snakes and then there's this like crew of people that are trying to disinfect and kill the snakes at the yeah, same time it's a weird sort of like it's ghostbusters crazy. crew that comes in like a snake busters crew they yeah, go it's in nuts. and like a guy who's like a martial arts snake buster master who single-handedly is martial art fighting this giant flying like i can do martial arts anaconda thing because they're yeah. like python thing and yeah, i'm just no. like i'm like I'm kind of with it myself. I'm sorry. I'm like, again, again, you don't need to apologize outside of the fact that it's truly horrifying. Like the worst is there's a sequence where they were like, let's get a bunch of mongooses, which yes. are like can actually fight cobras and shit yeah, and kill yeah. them. It's fun. And there's just like 10 minutes of footage in this of just mongooses that's, that's murdering cobras. That's why it was like, so boring is because you're just like watching the same shots of just like snakes getting just destroyed or a mongoose eating the fuck out of a snake. And it's like, why am I doing this? Why do I still do digital noise? These are the questions you ask yourself. Stop asking yourself that question. <laughs> you know the deal you made. That devil, goddammit. That calamity of snakes. You know what deal you, you made. You know what you made. Uh, <laughs> it, it's um, not uh, good. Okay. I, I kind of, outside of, obviously, there are a lot of things to be offended by it, but, you know, this is like 70s, so whatever. No, yeah. Ago, the the but... offensive side, side of it was more, like, that was keeping me going, but, like, everything else about it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the one part you liked. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah I see of, who you are now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I do digital noise. So, you know. I've chosen well. I've chosen well. <laughs> uh, there are... Uh, Inspector Gadget. A couple extras here. There's a hour and 16 minute from Shaw to Snakes, the venom and violence of early Chinese language horror cinema. And surprisingly, a lot of the early Chinese lang language horror cinema is really actually pretty horrifying yeah like, you know what i you know what like i did this. do i did not watch that okay well it is good it's excellent look at the evolution <laughs> of these things there's reptilian recollections uh which is a zoom interview uh <laughs> with some people involved with this there's alternate credits in mandarin which i'm not sure why anyone was like someone needs to have that but okay I don't know. Whatever. I mean, like I said, this is for a very niche group of people. I don't know who it's for. I like I I don't know. It's not a good story. It's it's pretty blah and also there's like, "Hey, you want to see a lot of people kill fucking snakes like real snakes?" Like, no, like, no. oh. Well, okay. I well, I guess you don't want to watch this movie then. Like, no, I don't. I think like, Jaws is playing in another theater. So. <laughs> it's like, what then why do I want to watch this? <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to our final films films which is, a... uh, i'm sorry and i apologize to you in advance because there's no question this is the pick of the week because it's an exceptional collection that oh, they put yeah. together here yeah even i know this wasn't as much for you as it was for me i appreciate it uh, but the collection they put together is really pretty incredible the in the line of duty film series now 
the these are Hong Kong films that were literally the starting point for Michelle Yao as an actress. Dude. She's in the first two of these. Yeah. And then after that, the next two, because four movies, Cynthia Khan, who I've always been surprised didn't go on to much bigger and better things. I she's am too, because incredible. she's great. She's incredible. She's really good. She's yeah. a great, like, you know, uh, continuing on the story, even though there's not like a, a through line for all the films, it's just like, they're a cop and that's about it. And, um, but like, man, she's awesome. And as well, a very early film for Donnie Yen, yeah. the fourth one, who, you know, and shows how that does he look the exact same? He looks exactly the it's same. It's crazy. Yeah, this is like 80s, and you're like, you have not changed, and are still just fast as, as fast fuck. and crazy. Like, watching that guy move, you're just like... It's it's the punch, it's like... Duh, 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 duh. It, like, he, he's... When he punches someone, but like the rapid, like, uh, speed bag punching, it's like, how... So he's known for that. He has to be. Also, I believe Cynthia Rothrock's first film was, uh, one, the, was the second, second one. The second one, yeah. Yeah, Yes, Madam. Yeah. And there's some confusion about which one was first, actually, because uh, oh, even though yeah. Yes, Madam came out in 1985 and Royal Wars came out in 1986, Yes, Madam is titled in the light of duty one read no 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 retitled to uh in light of duty two oh, sorry two yeah, yeah yeah um and so it's confusing <clears throat> but also this was like years later after in the line of duty three came out in 1988 they decided we're going to take these other two films because they're similar and just rename them those yeah the the i here's one of the thing i really appreciate about all the films <laughs> Was that the the title on the Blu-ray is very different from when they show the title in the movie itself? Because yeah. I think like it was either I think it was like the third one, like in the line of duty three, uh, men and women, yeah. crime people. Well, they're trying to do the original like prints of these things. Yeah, me. it's just it's just really funny. It's just like what the fuck is this? And these are beautifully transferred copies of these. They look yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they really do. This is eighty-eight films. Who is one of the companies along with Arrow? It's been really focused lately on remastering and re-releasing some of the, the the golden age of Hong Kong films. And the In the Line of Duty set is one of those like f- female cop movie series. This is like the definitive set right here. It's, this is- it's an interesting film series because I thought that it was going to be really just only focusing on um, Cynthia Khan or uh, uh, Michelle Yao's yeah. characters uh, and they do, but there's also, it really goes down rabbit holes with the side characters, Oh yeah, which is very interesting. I did not expect that to happen because it's, it's almost not necessarily even about like Michelle Yeoh or Cynthia Khan. It's like, it's really driven by these like idiots that yeah. get them caught. Like, it's almost like a Coen Brothers movie or, where, or where you're watching these like side like, characters oh, getting were, caught in this thing. They were our friend, but it turns out they got into some bad shit. Right. It's a right. common thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, they're they're almost done the exact same way. Uh, like it's it, there and there's no crossover. None of these no, have no. the same characters coming. Like even in the two Cynthia Khan's, two Michelle Yao's, they're not the same character. Mm-mm. Like, so they're not, they're not continuing the story. They're just similar films and that the headliner right. is a female uh, uh, action star. Yeah. And you know, I mean, Michelle Yao, she's like, I think she was like 21 or 22. Oh my God, really? When she did the Yes, Madam. And she's just like, and at that point she was like, had never done an action film, right? All she had done was like, and she was an incredibly experienced dancer. Like, I remember you telling me that, yeah. But she just learned it. She just learned it. And you would never know in a million years she didn't have a ton of experience doing this because she's like right from the get go. You're like, wow, you're an amazing badass. Yeah, this is 
this whole film series to see how the fight scenes are choreographed are just so incredible to watch because, you know, a lot of modern stuff, at least now with like John Wick and Atomic Blonde, we're like, no, let's stay on the action, which it's great because you actually get to see them like, you know, the actors really do this where this is like the original, like, oh no, you're seeing them actually do these things. And some of the stuff they do, is just like, it's harrowing and oh, yeah. incredible. I mean, it's in that age of Hong Kong movies where, I'm sorry, but life was cheap is what it comes down to. It's Dude. just like, they're getting these guys like, you're going to do these stupid stunts that no one in their right no. mind would fucking do. And no. people got injured left and right making these movies. But they're, it's an astonishing experience to watch them. They're just like, God damn, nobody does shit. Like the only comparison is the modern day Mission Impossible films. Yeah. Only their shit, their tech is so tight. Nobody actually gets hurt. Right. You know, right. These are like. Our tech is not that tight. Do We're you, doing it anyway. Do you mind falling down six stories yeah. and then we'll maybe catch you? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so fucking crazy, some of the things they do in these movies. It's so fast-paced. I mean, for me, the best one is in Line of Duty 4, That's, which is a see, controversial opinion because not most people don't feel that. Most people think Yes, Madam is the best one. I, I, I would agree either. Honestly, I'm a little bit more drawn to uh the first one uh the royal warriors i actually prefer royal warriors to yes madam yeah i i because i like the ending more because here's the thing too that I, I talked to you about before we started doing this is like all the movies for some reason end incredibly awkwardly yeah <laughs> like except for the first one like it's it feels definitive and it's a little over the top of like you know like now let's carry our friend's coffin back to home and um but at least like it does that yeah all the other ones they always <laughs> end on an awkward like screenshot of one of the uh, mainly uh either michelle Yeoh or cynthia Ro- or uh, cynthia khan and they're just like bah. and uh, like it just ended like they kill the bad guy and like wow that was crazy and then it just stops you're like yeah. wait excuse me like that's it like everyone else everything else in the film like earned enough to where they would have like a you know going back to the office the police station and just like well those are some crazy times and uh but here it's just like oh man i just killed him and like it just ends and just like the credits go and that's it but like at least the first i i'm more grab i gravitate more to the first one because it felt like it learned the first one as well like you're like there's a Japanese actor in this one and he looks faintly familiar. Dude. And I'm like, but very faintly. I'm like, they look like I should know who they are. And then you look them up and you realize, oh my God, that's Hiroyuki Sonata, who has become one of the most recognizable Japanese actors in the world now. <laughs> like in The Last Samurai, Rush Hour 3, he was Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. Uh, uh, Sunshine. The, the Wolverine, Speed Racer. John Wick 4. The, yeah, John Wick 4, Westworld. Yeah. Like he's one of those guys like, oh my God, this guy became a crazy actors. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Uh, what do y'all talk about? You just talk about girls and how cute they no, are. No, I just talk about like, man, you're a great in the first <laughs> in line of duty movie. <laughs> He's like, thank you. Uh, I will tag him on this. <laughs> I, I mean, he's an amazing actor. And like, he, he's, he's got so great much in it too. He's actually great. He's like, again, he looks like he's like 20. No, and <laughs> the, I think the biggest thing that he became known for was Ring You. Yeah. Uh, and like the, this movie, man, I, I did not know 
because uh, I, I remember the first time I really saw him was in Last Samurai. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this guy came out of nowhere. With little did I know, he had the most robust fucking career out of anyone in, yeah. <laughs> like in Last Samurai. And uh, I was like, my God, this guy is fucking amazing. And it also, it, it still, it carries a trope, which I, I don't know for sure. This might sound incredibly insensitive, but I don't know. But it, it all the films that we watch for like all martial art movies is like, so does everyone know martial arts in <laughs> Asia in not just China okay. or ja- Japan kind of gross and racist, but okay. But Jesus Christ, it's just like, it's crazy. There's like, how does this like weird little character know how to perform the best kick imaginable well, like there's some things like oh come on come on I mean, they always have those characters who clearly don't or they do the whole thing like i only know a little bit of kung fu and i'll try just long enough to see my ass get brutally murdered <laughs> <Right>. it's <laughs> it, it, it this this is one of those movies where it seems like okay you're doing like the the action version of like any american action 80s movies where it was like Everyone knows how to shoot a gun right in the fucking eye. And this is like, everyone knows how to fucking pull a kick to your fucking face. Here's the thing. After like about two decades of extensive, I mean, longer than that, really, if you want to get into the serials and stuff, but of like extensive, like moving from the Peking opera to like into film work and learning like this whole school of training, how to do this sort of thing for film, Mm -hmm. like a wushu training. Like, yes, these people are incredibly better athletes and uh, martial artists and action stars than anyone who was working in America at that point. Right, right. By a, just a ridiculously gigantic margin. Well, I understand that, but it, it 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 posits the idea that not only do the top notch like detectives know how to right, do martial right, arts, right, I mean the cops and yeah, all that, yeah. but also just, just the some guy who the, works on the docks. Yeah, yeah. just like wait, wait, what? And like it just I like, start kicking ass too. It's like what the hell is going on? Which I, I'm fine. And like that that's yeah. not a thing that I'm just like this is unrealistic. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I, I, I'm not saying that. I mean, these are big dumb action films, and they're but they're kind of great big dumb action movies yeah th- these are these watching are... people at the top of like really just working with the directors and the choreographers and the action yeah. action choreographers who are at the top of their game who can take someone like michelle yao or cynthia khan as well who had no real action experience and make them look like you would never want to fuck with them in a million years because they would wipe up the floor with your ass yeah. in a completely convincing way this this really um it, it not that these films uh make the case for it more so but i think it's been established for decades now that i think finally the academy awards are going to start doing stunt work like i I've, i've not heard any commitment towards that not yet. any commitment but it's like pushing for that for a long time and it's yeah. it's kind of incredible that they have not done that yet because yeah. it's a travesty cuz like the the see these people and not only like the, you know, you'll, you'll catch every now and then one of the more extreme stunts that it is like, you know, a stunt person and not Michelle Yeoh doing it, but like most of it is her yeah. and most of it is everyone who's it's involved with it. 99% her. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, that needs to be recognized because that is a much of like dance choreography for the fucking Tonys and, yeah. um, and special effects. I would say it's even harder than dance choreography uh, totally. because these are people who have to 
physically interact with each other in a way and not that hurt is completely convincing but are not actually being hurt by it right and doing it in an inventive and creative way right and these films really show these are like you know textbook cases for this argument totally yeah of like wow that's kind of amazing yeah you have to watch these type of films in that context of going that's incredible incredible they made this work yeah and the third one has titties so that was fun <laughs> it does briefly have titties that is true oh my god i'm just still gonna uh, i'm I'm still gonna like i think all four of these are great and there were more in the in the line of duty series oh really yeah but uh, like i've never seen anything past four i cannot speak to their quality mm. uh cynthia khan apparently was in five six and seven as well oh really uh but i've not seen them again can't speak to their quality i'm just saying this I always knew that this was considered to be like one of the Holy Grail series of sure. like Hong Kong. Like this is one of the great cop action. Yeah, series. I, I've heard about. I mean, not only from you, but I've heard about them from years, and I'm I'm really glad that I finally saw them because they they were fun. They were really really fun action movies, and to see just the again just the stunt work was kind of incredible. It's you know it's funny uh, Michelle Yao who like this was her big start. Outside of already been, uh, she, she had uh, won Miss Malaysia, I think. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. A- and then like was in a very high profile watch commercial with Jackie Chan early in Jackie Chan's career as well. Oh, so yeah, they already yeah. knew each other years before they made Supercop together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and we're very good friends. But then after um, uh, Yes, Madam, she the producer of the film, she married him, and in a very sort of misogynist sort of way, he's like. Well, now that we're married, you can't act anymore because you're my wife, and that's not what women do. Yeah, so she basically did she kick the shit she, out of him? No, she flat out didn't make another film until Supercop, Police Story Three. Wow. Yeah, and when they got divorced, and she was like, "I want to get back into this." And then, I mean, I think the evidence speaks for itself. If you've seen Supercop, you're like, "I still need to watch that one." Oh, it's a fucking incredible film, and Michelle Yao is by far the superstar of that film. Like, yeah. I love Chan; he's incredible in it, but. Everybody watches that film goes, it's Yao who's the star of this yeah. film. <laughs> she, and I, I just, I, everything, you know, everything era all at once, like it is obvious why she won the best actress uh, award because she's still from the very beginning of this to the very end with like everything era of all at once. She's so charismatic. She just lights up the screen. Oh yeah. And she is so fucking capable of like doing everything. Anything they throw at her. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, right from the beginning, like her acting is obviously not as strong here. Like, well, it's her it's, first performance right. ever in a film. I mean, these things also, too, are just kind of like heightened. It's like, yeah. it's like, hey, how's it going? And but, uh, I mean, I also want to throw out Cynthia Khan, who I think is also amazing in these. Yeah, she's, like, good. she's like, at that point, you're like, if she had been just as big a Michelle Yao, you'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, of course. It's kind of shocking she's not because she's yeah. really just as incredible as she is, as Michelle Yao is. Totally. Uh, this also comes with, I mean, it comes in a really nice slipcase cover with uh, like two posters and a big fucking book that, that slips into it. And a crazy DVD copy of Inline oh, okay. Duty Okay, now tell so stop. Just, um, That's a, just, just the one. Uh, you sorry. you were forced to watch that version. Okay. Sorry about that. That's yeah, okay. You can keep the DVD version if you want to, because I now a, have it I'm on fine. Blu-ray. I'm so. fine. Okay, fair enough. You can take it back. So we've already said that's the pick of the week. Sorry. Oh, um, so that wasn't oh, the pick of the week. Hold on one second. Hold on one I, second. I want to hear. No, that is the pick of the week, right? That That's is, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm out of, putting my foot down here. Out of everything but, else that we watched, you're correct. Um, okay, but yeah. I mean, like, if it was your choice, what would you pick? Um, the first in line of duty. 
I mean, I oh, guess the box okay. set, but yeah, yeah I would yeah. say the first one. Uh, it's pretty solid. It's it's pretty solid. I, I like the Royal I like Warriors. Yeah. The Royal Warriors. Um, I like how it's, uh, how I, I like how it ends more than the others, and um, and Michelle Yao is fucking great in it. Um, and I like uh, what's his face, my Facebook friend. Yes, <laughs> Hiroyuki Sen. I forgot. Um, I'll, I'll ask and I'll text. Uh, um, but it was funny. We were talking about this the other day, and you were like why do they all end so weird? And I'm like, yeah. dude, that's just a thing with Hong Kong movies where they're just like, yeah, we finished it. It's done. And it's, sometimes it's, it'd be like, really like, what the fuck endings? Like even one strange. of the most beloved Hong Kong films of all time, Drunken Master 2, or yeah. retitled here, Legend of Drunken Master, right, right. literally ends with the lead character getting brain damage and becoming permanently, permanently damaged from it. Like he's beating the bad guy and everything, but he drank like grain alcohol and it destroys his brain and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> it's they're weird it's a very strange trope that they have it's like it's like oh, we saved the day it's like oh yeah but we all lost a lot of people like yeah end yeah they just go like, like we want cut <laughs> it's very strange yeah it's, uh, a thing. it's a thing and i i i'm glad they don't do it anymore yeah. uh and uh the first one's the best one <laughs> I don't know. I'm still four guy, but you know, that's because yeah. Donnie Yen. I'm like a hardcore Donnie. Hey, Donnie Yen's Donnie. great. Donnie Yen's great. the best. I just didn't understand who he was until halfway through the movie. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. All right. That wraps up with this episode of Digital Noise. Thank you, Wright, for joining me. The Digital Noise Boys. Always join us uh, for more Digital Noise. Uh, John Golson's going to be on the next one. Uh, um, I just handed Wright a new stack, so hopefully he will actually get to it faster than he did this stack. What the fuck? Oh, sorry. You're I calling that out me loud? out? I, did I say that out Look, loud? I've been busy. To. My back was broken. My back was not broken, and okay. I was I was doing a lot of Look. you know community work. Oh my god! And Bruce I was Wayne. I was Jesus helping Christ. a lot. I I have bat wings now. It's really <laughs> intense. Okay, just give me a fucking Again, break. If he gets to the stack faster than he did the last one, we'll have this up sooner and later. And if you don't, you know whose fault it is because I've already watched these. I was dealing so, with all those goddamn Ruby people or something like that. That is a thing. 